Earth podcast with your host, Jake Weaver, engineered by Cedric Swan. Hey, everybody, we're back with another episode of Midnight on Earth. I'm your host, Jake Weaver, and we're here to bring you more knowledge, more light, more love. Today, we have a wonderful guest, Sarah Artemisius here, and she's going to teach us about the plant consciousness, just the general plant consciousness and plant spirits and so much more. We're going to learn a lot from her today as we get to know her. It's going to be incredible. But first, I need you to do something for me. Go to bluecobracbd.com. That is bluecobracbd.com. And there you will find Blue Cobra CBD oil, the highest quality CBD oil on the planet, period. There's nothing else like it. And the reason that is, is the extraction method. How the CBD is extracted from the hemp is a proprietary method. It is called the HIT extraction method. It was developed by a man named Howard Hit, a.k.a. Big H, and it uses no chemicals, no solvents, no gases. Nothing unnatural was used in that extraction process, and no other company has it. So many other companies out there claim to have good quality CBD. And in fact, it's just chemically derived. Howard's is not. It's unlike anything else out there. So there are three kinds. The maximum strength, King Cobra, regular strength, little King Cobra, and wild thing CBD for pets. And we have a discount code, which gets you free shipping on any order as little as one bottle as much as a thousand bottles, as much as you want. That shipping discount code is big H B I G the letter H again, that gets you free shipping on any order in the continental 48 United States. I try to take blue Cobra as much as possible. I absolutely love it. There is nothing else out there that really captures the spirits of this plant, this healing plant. We're going to be talking about plant spirit consciousness here. And this is the essence of that. So go check it out, people. Let me know what you think, this incredible product. And there is a money-back guarantee. Of course, if you buy the product for some reason, you're unhappy. Nobody's ever taken advantage of this. You get to keep the bottle. You get your money back. And if you had to pay shipping... You get that money back as well. It's a win-win situation for everyone. Try this. BlueCobraCBD.com. That is BlueCobraCBD.com. And when you're done with that, follow me on Instagram at midnight underscore on underscore earth. That is the address. You can follow us there. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Spotify, wherever you go to get your podcasts, you can click the button that connects us so you know exactly what's going on. You get a notification on your device instantly, and then you can tune in. And most importantly, as I say, every episode since 
episode one, tell a friend, and it's been working actually, tell a friend, tell someone that you know that loves these type of podcasts that would love to learn from Sarah and what she uh, has to bring to the table with this plant spirit consciousness. Tell them, they're your friends, you know them well, (laughs) bring them here, midnightsonearth.com. Okay, so we got that out of the way. Social media shout out out of the way. And we're almost going to talk to Sarah. We're almost there. But we're going to read her bio. So here we go. Sarah Artemisia, MS, is a plant spirit wisdom teacher, Akashic flower essence practitioner, herbalist, and host of the Plant Spirit Podcast. She helps wellness professionals and empaths learn the energetic language of plants and how to work in collaboration with the conscious wisdom of nature. She's been coaching people to move through obstacles and connect more deeply with the earth and their inner guidance for over 14 years. And she deeply loves the land and place where she lives, which is the traditional ancestral homelands of the Tekelma and Shasta people in Southern Oregon. Having always felt connected to nature and the sacred foundation of life, Sarah shares this work with people on the journey of understanding how collaborating with the conscious wisdom of nature can help them fully embody an experience of joy and purpose. Sarah, thank you so much for being here. And we'll tell you at the end where to find her more. Of course, we'll tell you all the places. Thank you for being here, Sarah. Well, Jake, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Just so fun. I love your whole approach with this podcast. and It's an honor to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I'll say it again. I've said it in the past. We want people to understand that the divine experience, these extra dimensional experiences, the plant consciousness, it can be fun and funny. Like the interface doesn't always have to be so serious. We can look at it from a way that's uh, comical and also just real. And, and, and we'll find that that's exactly how it is. So <laughs> thank you for that. So we're going to talk today about your whole world. And the plant consciousness, because you teach people how to communicate with plants because you've had that experience yourself. This is going to be so interesting. I want to learn about this, but there had to be like a beginning point. So I want to understand this. I want to understand when did you first differentiate the plant consciousness from your own? When was that first moment when you felt that otherness? that there was something else that was individual, but not yourself. And it was the plant consciousness. That is such a great question. And I am feeling called to share even a a slightly broader framework from that to even go into that. Okay. if, If that's all right. Of course. So I think it started really with coming into this life as a plant person being raised by hippie parents also being raised Quaker, which for anyone out there listening, if you're not familiar with Quakerism, the whole premise and foundation is that 
everyone, everything has an inner light. And also all of the services are conducted completely in silence because the whole point is to basically, as basically as Buddhist as you can get and still be Christian. Cause the whole wow. point is to listen to what the inner voice is saying. So being raised that way where, and going to Quaker school for 13 years where I was sitting in silence two hours a week, one hour, twice a week to really just listen to what is the inner voice saying allowed me to really connect with that aspect of what is the still small voice within and what are, sometimes you have to get really quiet to hear what those, those small whispers are really saying. So that's foundational. The second thing is truly being raised with hippie parents uh, that, you know, taking tinctures at age five and learning that calendula knit skin cells together as a kid and learning that, you know, people can sometimes totally heal stage four cancer just from eating raw live foods, things like that at age nine, and just kind of being really blown away by the healing power of plants from a really, really young age that set the stage and the foundation for me to communicate with plants. And I've always been really, really interested maybe even to, I'd say a freakish degree um, about the nature of reality and like age 10 wondering, you know, talking to my dad about Einstein's theory of relativity and like, what is it that we're actually really doing here? And I think being able to being a highly sensitive kid and being able to tune into different things that I could see that many adults around me were not able to even tune in in their own awareness about what was happening for them. So that being the backdrop and the kind of foundational, um, foundational experience for my relationship with plants, I think is really important because then when it came to the point of connecting with plant consciousness, you know, having felt since, since I was a kid, this sense that there's something to these plant beings, there's something really, really, really special about them. And what is that? And then when I was working in wilderness therapy out in Colorado and went on a, a plant, a medicinal wild herbal plant walk with uh, an incredible man named Doug Simons, who lived in the Gila wilderness of New Mexico for 20 years, just with his two mules and a knife because his Vita bus broke down there at, at the uh, San Francisco hot springs in the Gila wilderness in 1969. And then he just stayed for 20 years because, and I went down and I did a workshop with him down there and I asked him, you know, why, what, what, what was it that you were running away from in society that made you stay to live in the wilderness for 20 years like this and be communicating with plants directly? And he just looked at me. He's about my height, five foot two, super sparkly, sparkly eyed. And he just looked at me and he said, I wasn't running away from anything. I was, run, I was moving more towards what I love. And so that for me was one of those pivotal moments where I recognized that walking in the plant path and of course, there's so many ways to do this, as I know you explore in your podcast. Sure. And for me, in my experience, working in the in the plant, walking in the plant path is walking the path of alignment and bliss. That this is the way that the plants are functioning. That they are super high vibrational healers that are also embodied in the three dimensional form. And truly, it was when I was studying with Doug because he has been living and walking and breathing and emanating that experience for decades at this point that I was able to see a, a real living example of how incredible it is to be so deeply intertwined with the plants on this mycelial level, really, it feels like. So that was the catalyst point, your experience with Doug. But prior to that, you knew there was something going on. You felt this energy, this consciousness. You knew that they were alive, the plants, but it was seeing somebody fully immersed in that dimension and having that frequency 
And then you're resonating with that. And you're like, he's over there. Like he's, he's in the true divine paradigm, like the earth's form and function. And, and we're over here and you're saying that was the big catalyst for you. It really was. Yeah, it really was. So then when did you start receiving personal communications from plants? Like when did you go off on your own then at that point and say, okay, now I'm going to communicate with the plant. And then, uh, there's a formula to that. Yeah. So it's actually started on one of the plant walks with him. We were walking by Woodbent Knee or um, particular stems of flora in the Plata Mountains of the San Juans in Colorado. And I had this experience of sitting with this plant. And all of a sudden, I felt this, this somatic energetic shift in my lower back where I had been experiencing pain for a while. And I, because of that, you know, backdrop that I shared of, you know, the Quaker upbringing and tuning into the inner self in silence for multiple hours of my life up until that point, I could differentiate between that, that experience of like, Oh, that wasn't my own consciousness. And so that actually is the very first thing that I work with people on is really being able to distinguish the difference of, okay, what is our own inner voice? What is our own neutral baseline experience of presence in this moment? Because that can fluctuate from moment to moment. And then what is the plant? And so being able to connect with what is the neutral baseline experience of the self in this present moment is that is a first prerequisite to being able to do that. And so that is very foundational for me. So in that experience, I felt, I felt that. And I immediately, I just knew, I just had this inner knowing this is particularis densa flora. This is wood betony helping me with my back. I, I could just feel it. I just knew it. And so from there, I then became, I would say dove off the deep end of, uh, I don't know what I'd call it, reverie, obsession. I don't know exactly what the right word is, but certainly incredible curiosity and interest of really just devouring anything I possibly could about plant spirits, including, um, and then we moved to the Bay Area. And so I would research anything I could possibly find about connecting with plant spirits, including, you know, working with their different musical devices where people can hook electrodes up to plants and plants can communicate. Uh, plants can basically play music through these electrical impulses and hooking those up to massage beds that were vibrating and having that heal people, just these different miraculous type of experiences that I started having with the plant spirits. And then around that time, between I'd say like the 2006 to 2008 time, it just became so clear to me that a huge part of my life purpose is about helping people and plants connect. And so then at that point, because I was openly already communicating with plants, I would ask them a few times a year, you know, is it time to bring this forward into the external reality yet? And for 13 years, they said, no, not yet like two, three times a year, I'd be like, is it time yet? They'd be like, nope, not yet. It's not time yet. Either they'd say either you're still apprenticing with us, you're not ready or the world's not ready. It was this combination of multiple, no, not time yet. And then a couple of years ago, we had a huge wildfire that came through this town and it burnt down the field a half a block North from us and the stores two blocks East of us. And there was something really pivotal and shifting about that moment in particular that I could feel like the energy, something has shifted in the energy when that happened. And so I asked them again, I said, is it time yet to bring this forward? And they said, yes, it's time. And so because of that, because I had the blessing, because of, first of all, I listened, I listened when they said, no, not yet. This is so important. And then when they said, yes, it was like, okay, now we're moving in aligned 
Now we're moving in an aligned way, which to me, that is very much in the way of the plants where there's this question of when something feels in alignment, these two things of, okay, is the content of the thing aligned? If the answer to that is yes, great, then you know it will happen. The second thing though is, is the timing of this thing aligned? And both of those have to be happening simultaneously for whatever the thing is that you're working in to move in this um, multidimensional way of unfolding, which to me is totally outside of what our traditional concept of linear time is. And when that happens, when we're moving in this much more multidimensional way, things can happen in linear time so quickly and so efficiently because we are moving with the blessing of all the forces behind us. And that is, which could, uh, for you know, maybe for many people listening, maybe that's not plants for you. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's, you know, your ancestors or the things that you feel connected to spiritually. For me, it is definitely the plant realm and nature and just feeling this whole experience of the interconnected web of life is behind and supporting what I'm doing. And that I am a conduit for that. And that's why it works because it's, it just, it's, it's the right time. The content is real and it's the right time. And so to be able to listen to and and honor that is, I think the highest calling that any of us really has in this life is to really tune in with what is our own individual thing of that and then do that, which I know obviously clearly you're doing on this podcast. So (laughs) yeah, I know we're super in alignment. Well, I just think it's cool that now is the time because I keep hearing that from other spiritual people in other sectors, whether they're getting messages from angels or extraterrestrials one of the common themes is now is the time. And now you're saying from nature, literally the, the core spirit of nature itself, it's saying now is the time for us to unfold ourselves and allow that natural information to come out. So what is that, that they're letting out? Are you saying that they want humanity to know that they're alive, that there's like a living consciousness there? Or what do you think is shifting? Yeah. So they, when I've asked the plants this, what they have shown me directly is a holographic key. So they're saying there's, so first, first, what they'll show is how there's all these vibrational, um, the wavelength planetarily, the frequency that's happening planetarily within the earth is shifting. The Gaia consciousness is currently going through this dimensional shift inside of her own consciousness. And the invitation, she is holding out her hands to humanity and saying, you can come and join me on this journey of this dimensional shift if you want. It's completely open and available. And what the plant realm has shown me is they'll show me this. They've shown me this holographic key that's, and what they show me with that is that in order to go through this doorway and access this dimensional frequency shift, we need to approach that through the heart, that we need to first come into relationship with all of life first, that for example, you know, solving like climate change or all these really intense issues that we're coming up against planetarily. If we just do that through the narrow mental band of uh, linear left brain thinking, we are leaving out what the way that the plants have shown that to me is as if it's a flat plane within an entire sphere. And so there's nothing inherently wrong with this mental linear way of viewing things, except for the fact that it's missing out on the entire sphere of being. And that when we are in relationship with nature through the heart, this opens up a spherical consciousness in our own awareness that then allows us to see these multiple, these multidimensional things that are happening that have always been happening all around us, but that there's this very essential key to unlock that type of awareness. And that is through being in relationship with nature through the 
apart, which of course then through that, it's like once we are in relationship with nature, with the interconnected web of life, we are also then in relationship with, with each other, with the other, our other humans, our kin on this planet. And that it, it unlocks this whole perspective shift. Really what it really truly is, is it's opening the doors of perception through plant consciousness, that that's essentially what it's doing. And of course, as you know, there are multiple ways and avenues to open up the doors of perception. And for me, and for anyone who feels even a drop or an inkling to connect in more with the plants, honor that because it is such a beautiful, fun the plants have a totally absurd sense of humor as well. And so it's a really just fun, blissful is being in the bliss. It's, it's walking in the bliss path, recognizing that there's so much chaos and turmoil and strife happening planetarily right now. And when I go into the, uh, the flower garden down the street where I'm, you know, growing veggies and herbs and flowers with some local friends here, I drop into this whole different frequency. It's basically the other, another way that the plants have shown it to me is as if like turning the dial on a radio Sure. that all of the stations are simultaneously happening. It's just a question of which one are we actually tuning into? And so that is the invitation right now from the plant realm of recognizing that the nature channel, the nature consciousness channel is open. It's open for humans in a way that particularly for the Western mindset has not been available for say maybe a couple thousand years, kind of a thing for most people, but that it is super available right now that all we have to do is approach nature with the intention of an open heart, just saying, you know, hello, my name is Sarah. Who are you? Like, I would love to get to know you better. And that this unlocks the, the ability to really tune into that channel, that, that wavelength of of being of understanding and communicating so that's what's happening right now that is what nature wants is humanity to reconnect with nature through the heart through love through understanding and build a new bridge because that bridge has kind of been eroded over time we as humans not all of us of course but as humans we saw nature as a resource and we have to understand that it has a function in that way but that is not its sole purpose and there's a living consciousness behind it an actual consciousness i think yeah. that's huge because that really does expand our awareness our existence how we exist in this reality in the third dimension we're now incorporating that new level of information and that exactly it's taking us somewhere higher it seems like absolutely and the thing that's so cool about working with plant consciousness and particularly the type of the realm of plants that i work with is what would tr- be traditionally seen as non-entheogenic or non-psychedelic that these plants in particular can really help us with both being simultaneously really grounded in the body and also experiencing these multi-dimensional states of healing and being an awareness and that from what I am hearing and gathering and connecting with uh, with these plants is really is really important in this time as we go through this dimensional shift planetarily that to be grounded in the body to actually be integrating in the body through the feet even to to really feel the vibrational shifts through the feet it will allow us to uh, be it's basically what it's doing is it's bringing that dimensional frequency shift into the lived experience, recognizing that we don't need to leave. We don't need to exit out through the upper chakras, for example, to go into these blissful states of alignment that we can do that while we are very fully embodied. And that when we look to the plants 
And we just ask them, how do you energetically do this? How are you energetically functioning? For example, a tree, if there's, if you're connected with trees, go up to your favorite tree and just pose this this question in meditation of how are you existing? What is it that you're actually doing? And notice what comes back. You may be very, very surprised by what comes back from that very simple question. Because the other thing is in the same way that, you know, my experience with the the words and teachings and wisdom of enlightened masters. I mean, you look at someone like Thich Nhat Hanh, right? It's like the things he was saying were so simple. It was so simple. But within that simplicity, there were so many layers contained within that so that whatever level or layer of perception the person was at who was receiving that message, they could access the core of that message from whatever layer of perception they were at. And that to me is exactly how the plants communicate and function, which is why they can support us on the physical, mental, emotional, spiritual levels, all levels. They can meet us on all levels. It just is the, the, that the, that it does they don't discriminate that there it's like wherever we are at as humans they will meet us there which is incredible it's they are so understanding and accepting of the human experience which i'm really grateful for because it's like look at what humanity has done over the past you know two three four five hundred years to the planet it's like we've done some pretty massive destruction and the fact that the trees, the plants, all of nature is still sitting here loving us unconditionally. I'm like, this is amazing. This is amazing. not something to be taken for granted. This is incredible. They're still providing food, air, water, spiritual teachings to us on the daily basis. Yes, it does seem like they were created. It seems like, however, I don't understand the mechanics of it. And it's a big mystery, of course, but it seems that plant life it was created to be symbiotic with humanity and with other creatures. I mean, they provide us sustenance. They provide us, like you said, clean air and the things that we absolutely need to, to survive. But how do you feel and how do you think plants feel about being food, being eaten as living beings? Like, is it a kind of just like an accepted understanding or from the plant spirit perspective, how does that show up? What do they think about that? Yeah, that's a great and hilarious question. One of my friends actually, so I was born and raised vegetarian and one of my very good friends who I'm actually going to go see next week is a super paleo, like raw. He will go out, hunt the animals, eat them raw on the spot, like wow. out in the mountains, kind of a guy, like just very connected to nature in a totally like way more in, on the animal wavelength, yeah. you know, just very much in the animal zone of things. He totally respects what I'm doing with plants, but he's like, what is it? What are you, you know, what are you doing over there with the plants kind of a thing? So he asked me that question of, he's like, so you love plants, but you eat them. How, you know, how does that work? And so for me that it goes back to that old saying, you are what you eat. Right. And so you think about the plants, what are the plants eating? Sunlight. They are eating light. They are literally eating light. What, what am I eating? Plants. And I feel very connected to light. And so it's like, I am becoming vegetalista. You know, I am a plant. I am a plant in human form. Many times I feel that way. And, and for my buddy who is super, you know, meat man, it's like, he loves animals. He loves animals so much and he eats them. And my experience of that in terms of from the plant consciousness perspective is that plants are such loving beings of service. They are such loving beings of service and they are so happy to give of themselves because they love us so much. And that there is this experience of, and you touched on this a little bit earlier, that when we make that shift from seeing a plant as a resource 
to seeing a plant as a sentient being, that is the, that is the monumental shift that can, that, that can only occur through the heart. You can't, that can't come from a space of, of rational um, reduction to be like that plant is sentient. It has to be something that you feel that you actually feel (laughs) and, and witness. Right. And so they are, because plant consciousness is also non localized they don't, while yes, they experience pain and you can see that if you hook them up to different electrodes, you know, go in with permission, ask them, do I have your permission to do this? And then connect them to electrodes. They will, you'll see that the graphs responding to a pain response. If someone, definitely. for example, comes into a greenhouse or I don't know anyone who read the secret life of plants yes, that was published definitely. in the seventies. Just thinking just, that great book, right? Incredible. Yes. So the guy goes into the greenhouse, starts hacking down all the broccoli and the graphs are going insane. Like all those electrode graphs are going crazy off the charts that they can experience pain like that, but that there is a, that they feel that experience of intention so deeply. And that's why it doesn't, for example, if you are approaching connecting with plants for the very first time to once you introduce yourself just like you would a person, right? You wouldn't just go up to a person and say, I am going to, I'm going to use you for what I think you're good for and like not introduce yourself and then just take that from them. That would be really, really weird. Right. And so if you just approach the plant realm in the exact same way that you'd approach the human realm of introducing yourself, giving some kind of offering, like a hostess gift kind of a thing that, you know, you could think of what would that be? Sometimes people get really tripped up on this. What do I offer the plants? I don't know what to offer them. It doesn't matter what the thing is. It's just, is that coming from the heart? Is there an actual experience of gratitude coming from the heart when you, when you give an offering there, um, that that's the most important thing and that they really feel that intention. They really feel that. And so that is why in my experience, they don't, they don't mind being eaten. That if I'm eating them with love and gratitude and saying thank you through that whole process, that's that's what makes the difference. Interesting. So you were bringing that up that uh, the consciousness isn't localized. So is there different layers of plant consciousness? Is there just like the great overarching plant consciousness and then kind of lowering down into individual types of plants? How does that work? That's a great question. The way that I've personally experienced that is more directly on the species level. How, for example, there's rose, for example. So there are different, there are multiple different types of species of rose. Sure. For example, wild rose, love or Cecil Bruner standing right outside my window right here. I love (laughs) Cecil Bruner. This one plant that is three feet from my desk and is clearly helping me with all of my work at any given moment of the day, because we are literally within the energetic auric fields of each other all the time when I'm working this one plant is we, that we have a specific relationship. And so there's this level of the, of the specific relationship with this plant. However, there's also this overarching plant deva or plant spirit consciousness that I also feel, which the way that I energetically perceive this is that when I'm communicating to the plant realm, I have this perception that there's this whole grid work of light behind the scene reality. And it really, to me, looks like a mycelial network of light and that the plants are constantly... Um, their consciousness is constantly traveling or moving on that mycelial grid or network of light. And so when I'm communicating to one plant over here, it can communicate through that more subtle, higher dimensional frequency of light to communicate with plants and plant people then who are in different locations geographically. And so it's really incredible because that to me is... Is that is really getting into, okay, what's really possible in this next stage, this next chapter planetarily is like how we are communicating through these 
higher dimensional states of being. And that, um, yeah, like I said, we can be both very grounded and also tapping into that simultaneously. And that working with collaborating with plant, with plants and plant consciousness, honoring that they are very sentient beings. And in fact, very high dimensional, high level healers, it's it, in my experience, it's like it put things, it puts things in the right uh, relational order of, of reality of how things actually are. Yes. And not in our human created matrix that we just kind of decided this means that therefore that is right. And you can apply that to anything, but then what happens? Okay. I mean, we're all energy sensitive beings. We love creatures. We love life. We've all been eating these vegetables, but it's always been a part of humanity. But as they gain kind of a higher awareness, as we shift to that higher understanding, then are people going to feel like guilt or are we going to shift away to some other form of sustenance? Because we see this as a living organism and, and, and hard to ingest and kill. I mean, that'll be, I'll be super curious to see <laughs> how that, how that does unfold. Um, yeah. I mean, for me, like I said, with the plants, my experience with them is that they are so giving that they are so giving of love of themselves that I feel that love when I eat them. And I feel that they are wanting to wanting to be so giving of themselves. And the plant spirit itself, that consciousness, it's coming directly from source. You know, we talk about source consciousness and that greater thing and the energy that powers those plants, that life force, there's no filter really. It seems to be stemming directly from source. That's potentially why we can access those dimensions with these plant medicines, these psychedelic plant medicines. What do you think about that? Oh yeah. I mean, like I said, there's so many ways to open the doors of perceptions and that the psychedelic medicines, absolutely incredible door openers, gate openers. I am very grateful to them as a whole, uh, broad range of beings that are doing that in a really gigantic way. And, and, and there is this aspect, there's two things that come up for me around that. One is that aspect of respect that there are definitely um, people I've met over the years who do who do work with psychedelic medicines in a way that to me feels a little bit more like quote unquote using them or in this way that's a little bit more of like a psychedelic hedonism where they're just trying to go for this constant escape, escape, escape kind of a thing. And it's like, okay, while that might be fun and while that might be a chapter that people need to go through kind of a thing, from my perspective, that's not sustainable long-term because it's like, we didn't come, we didn't incarnate in these three-dimensional bodies to escape. We just didn't. Otherwise, right, we wouldn't exactly. because- because our, our source state is pure energy. And so the fact that we intentionally chose to incarnate into these bodies, that was intentional. And so it's like, okay, now we're here. Now what, now what do we do Yes. now? Now we like <laughs> fully bring the source energy through this physical form. That's what I feel. So while the psychedelics, while I am so grateful for them as this, yeah, just very, uh, incredible range of spirit beings that are helping to open the doors of perception for people in a really big way. It, it can really fling the doors of perception wide open. And so then once that door is open, once you have walked through that door, it's like, okay, now what, now, how do you integrate? How do you integrate that teaching into your daily life? And for me, that's where these kinds of everyday plants, the flower essences, working with these different herbal medicinal preparations really can come into play because it's 
working with the, the same kind of multidimensional group of beings that, that the psychedelic plant medicines offer. But because the door has already been opened, it's like, we, it, we are already, we have already walked through that threshold. We have already crossed through it. And so maybe some folks like in my experience, being a highly sensitive person, the psychedelics, it feels like a steamroller. I'm like, I don't, <laughs> I don't need it. And like, I'm just like, I'll just, I'll sit with some flower essences and go on this like super multidimensional yeah, journey. And I'm sure. super grateful for that. And so I think it's, it's really up to every single person to find like, what is your medicine? Like, what is your way of really connecting with that source energy and to honor that? And if that's through psychedelics, great. Are you doing it in a sacred way where you're honoring all of life? Great. Uh, you know, are you doing it like by working with flower essences? Like that's, which is the way that I do that. Great. You know, that are you doing it through painting or cooking or like, what's your avenue of connecting in with that? And I know clearly you, this, that's a huge thing of what you're doing, exploring in this podcast, which is so wonderful. Just like the multiple avenues and ways that we can each connect in, into this source energy. And in my experience, because plant consciousness, it is so high vibration. It's so it, it, when we immerse our, when we allow ourselves to be immersed in that frequency, in that consciousness, you know, when we immerse ourselves in the plant consciousness, we can't help but upgrade. It's like when you're in a giant room full of clocks that have pendulums, those old school clocks with the pendulums, after a while, all of the pendulums will start moving in the same exact way that the largest pendulum is moving. And that's my experience with plant consciousness is that when we open up and acknowledge the fact that these plants are eons older than us, they are elders on this planet. What do these elders have to teach us? We go into that relationship of being the student, of being in the place of beginner's mind, of curiosity, of, you know, who is this incredible being really? And it becomes like that experience of the pendulum, which when we surrender to that, multidimensional magic happens that is, you know, beyond all measure. It's just incredible. It's incredible what can happen when we open up to that. So, so you feel like these psychedelic plant medicines that are actually going very mainstream, very, very mainstream. It's good for getting an understanding, for getting a peek into those higher dimensions, but you're saying you can do that yourself. You can do that with other plant medicines. I know people personally, unfortunately, I hate to say this. I know people that use terrible drugs like cocaine. And I tell these people, I say, look, I, I can show you herbs that will get you the exact same experience without the debilitating stuff and the poison and the blood money and all of that. And it's true. Like all of the answers, all of the things that we're looking for are there for us in the plant kingdom. But why is that? How, how did that symbiosis take place? If the plant consciousness are elders and they were here first and then we came on the scene, did they modify themselves to our needs? Were there new plant species that kind of came about as humans develop certain issues? What are your thoughts on that? Well, that is a great question. I've never really thought about it in that way before, but as you're asking it, what immediately comes to mind for me are the whole realm of plants that are known as like the, the quote unquote domesticated ones, right? Like you think about some uh, plant, like an olive tree, right? That's been co-evolving with humanity for thousands of years, that there are these certain types of plants that have been co-evolving with humanity for thousands of years. And one of the things that is really surprising to some of the students that I work with is they'll sit down with 
a cultivated plant. Uh, I don't like for whatever reason, potatoes coming to mind at the moment and receive all of this information about all kinds of things, nourishment, sustenance, things that are really important to, to being a healthy, vibrant human. And that might be totally different from some information that they would get from say like a wild medicinal herb, but it's no less important. It's no less important. And so there are multiple, a whole category of plants that we have been co-evolving with for thousands of years that we are food crops, right? Like there's a, um, a farmer, a local farmer I was just talking to a couple of days ago who he specifically focuses on seed saving ancient grain crops that were grown like 25,000 years ago in Sumeria and stuff like this, like really, 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 really old grain crops that are, um, you know, and I guess technically the agricultural revolution happened 10,000 years ago, but for whatever reason, he was saying 25,000 when we were talking, but all that to say, however many thousands of years, it's been a long time that we've been working with these ancient grains. And so that there is that, that yes, it's a different type of type of consciousness, just in the same way that our dog that we, or cat that we love very deeply is very different from a wolf or a lion, but there is, but the love is still there. And so that's the most important thing is like, is, is the love vibration happening? Because that's the most important thing with the plants. So they will respond. That is what you're saying to the love frequency and, and grow more. But what do they think of humanity right now? You talked about how they loved humanity and they had that kind of unconditional love. But is is that really the case? Do they feel like we're off course a little bit? Are there things manifesting in the plant world that are responding to our specific needs currently? In my experience, yes. In my experience, absolutely is the, is okay. the answer to that. And that is why I really feel that this whole um, realm of plant consciousness is really come it's, it's emerging much more in the even like in the in the realm of plant nerds and herb nerds right that there's like maybe even 10 years ago it wasn't that common for people to be talking about plant spirits i don't also maybe the circles that i run in maybe it's still not that common but <laughs> but but all that to say just that it's becoming much more accepted in the um in the more i mean like you were talking about with psychedelics right where it's like it's so interesting this time that we're in and there were there were many years there growing up where i thought man i was just born in the wrong decade i should have been born in the you know should have been coming of age in the late 60s kind of thing then in my mid-20s i had this realization like oh no i am exactly here at the exact right time because there was this whole pioneering wave of uh, like one of my favorite things to do in college was to look through psych- psychology today magazines from the early seventies, which were super experimental, like very out there with, you know, all kinds of re- psychedelic research, all kinds of research that was happening in at that time. And then it kind of went underground again for a while and now it's reemerging. But the thing that's really cool about what's happening right now is that the way that consciousness exploration is reemerging right now, it's, it's more, um, there's more nuance to it. It's not just at the pioneering forefront of like, let's explode all the gates open of consciousness and just like take it out as far and as fast as we can go. We can say like, okay, 
Yeah, we acknowledge, I mean, quantum physics, science even acknowledges this. There's multiple dimensional states of reality that are simultaneously existing. And now we can kind of like marinate in that for a bit and just say, okay, what else is also happening here and really drop into the nuance. And that is what I feel that both that and then also that I truly feel that the plants are stepping forward to help us, that they're are saying that they, like I said at the beginning, as a part of Gaia consciousness holding out her hand and saying, humans, you know, you can come with me on this journey, that the plant, the plant realm is at the very for like on the front lines of that, saying, humanity, yes, come with us on this journey. They are, I feel, evolutionarily ahead of us, spiritually ahead of us. And sure. so when we study and learn from them directly, when we become more like them in our in ourselves in the way that they function we can just drop right into that frequency really quickly and you said on your website i believe that the plants hold the answers to life's great questions and you think about buddha you know sitting under the tree and getting enlightenment there is a conduit there there's a pathway through resonating with plant consciousness to really get that high frequency information that's going to help us evolve. You're saying they're trying to push that information through more than ever. I, and, and maybe even less pushing and more inviting (laughs) (laughs) or hoping like, come on. Yeah. Yeah, That it's definitely that they're holding out their, uh, energetically, essentially, they're holding out their hands and saying, it's your choice. Do you want to join us? It's your choice. And that holographic key to really join them in that is to go in through the heart. Well, this is some of the things that you teach people in your Plant Spirit Wisdom Academy. So tell me about this. You have a school. So we're talking about communicating with plants and perhaps you're listening going, wow, I wish I wish I could communicate with plants. Well, you can. That's the thing. We all can. We're, we're all psychic. We're all intuitive. We have all these beautiful gifts as humans. We just have to train ourselves. We have to learn the techniques to figure it out, just like anything else, just like any other art form. There's a formula. There's patterns. There's techniques to learn. You teach people this. Tell me about your academy. Oh, thanks so much. And I love that you started sharing that with recognizing that, yes, we are, we do all have these psychic gifts. So that is that is foundational with the plant spirit wisdom academy is really recognizing that every person that there are as many ways to connect with plants as there are people in the world and everyone has intuitive gifts and the way that uh for example that my intuitive gifts express themselves may likely be very different from the way that that your intuitive gifts come through or that anyone else's intuitive gifts come through so the the foundational premise of what we're doing in the plant spirit wisdom academy is helping each person to deepen in their own way so that it's not for example and we see this in the plant realm all the time right like a rose in front of me is not trying to be violet or you know this plum tree out in front of me is not trying to be sunflower like they're not they're not trying to be anything other than what they are and so this is one of the huge teachings that i love about the plant realm is this deep acceptance of the self this deep acceptance of the self that the plants have this and when we connect with them more we then start to accept our own selves more and i will speak um, from personal experience on this, that until I started walking in this way with plants, I wanted to, I wanted to leave. I wanted to be out in the stars all the time. I wanted to just be like out checked out of this reality. Like it's too painful. There's so much suffering here. And then when I started connecting with the plant realm, they helped me feel more at home here. It's like, Oh, 
I can feel at home in my body. I can feel at home on this planet because when I feel connected to my kin in the plant realm, when I have dialed my awareness to the nature consciousness station, that is very soothing for my nervous system. That feels great. That feels very joyful that I don't have to be constantly tuned into all the intensity and chaos of the world. I can of course be honoring and accepting and doing everything I can to shift that, but I don't have to let that dictate my own inner landscape. And that when I let the plants really guide that, that that uh, allows me to feel at home here and in myself and really connected with my purpose. So that's definitely really what we're doing in the Plant Spirit Wisdom Academy is helping each person connect and deepen in with their own intuitive gifts, their own ways of connecting in both with plant consciousness and how they intuitively receive information. Because once we become aware of that, once we become aware of what are the natural gateways of perception that are already open for me, we can receive so much more information consciously because that layer of self-doubt of like, is this me? Is this the plant? Is this me? Is this my guides? You know, is this me? Is this higher consciousness? It's like that whole argument goes out the window because we know, because we know that what, what information is coming in, it is it, these clear messages of guidance and understanding how to heal certain things. And so, yeah, we definitely go through different ways and modalities. So there's this whole buffet of potential tools that people can use to really find their way. And so that that is what we go through in the Plant Spirit Wisdom Academy, really interesting. first create, what's that? I said, that's very interesting. Yeah. It's so fun. It's, I mean, even just yesterday, I'm like, I, I'm so amazed that this is what I'm doing for work. I'm like, <laughs> I am in love with what I do for work because it's the thing I'm the most, I'm like obsessed with this topic. Yes. I am immersed in it all the time. And then I get to celebrate in that with other people and help people on their own journey of recognizing, you know, what is it that you're actually even doing here and how can the plants support you in that? Because they do want to support you in that. And particularly collaborate with you in that. Because what I've found is that when I collaborate with the plants there, it, it's not just coming from my own. It's not just being like, Oh, Sarah's ego state wants this. It's like, okay, what's the messages of the plant realm? What guidance do they have? Because they are super multidimensional beings. So they have these, uh, this awareness of, of perception of what's happening in reality. That's much bigger than my own. And so when I listen to what their guidance is and I get clear messages from what they're saying, I know that whatever that, if I honor that, that it's going to be supported and guided and go, it's going to be successful. I know that because they can see much wider beyond linear time than I can. And so I'm really grateful for that guidance. So that is basically opening up to that ability and awareness is what we do in the plant spirit wisdom Academy. And so different things like, um, what I like to call spherical listening. Like I talked about that spherical awareness at the beginning, really sure. tapping into, okay, how do we open up? How do we get out of that flat linear mental way of perceiving information and go into that spherical realm of awareness? That's the one of well, first we go in with the, how do you introduce yourself to the plants, really set the container for a really safe and sacred journey with the plants. That's the first thing. And then we go into things like spherical listening, looking at energetic signatures, and then we start getting into the nuances of, okay, how is it that you perceive information? So for me, for example, I'm very visual spatial. So a lot of times 
the vast majority of the time, the way that the plants communicate to me is through showing me different geometric shapes of light. And then I'll in, be able to interpret what the message is through the, these different geometric shapes of light wow. that they are communicating to me. Now, while I love that, and like, I wow. love that. It's mind blowing. It is. It is. It's, it's completely mind blowing. And they'll, and they'll show me through that. They'll both show me different structures and like ways that I can move energy through my own body, or they'll be showing me different ways that I can move through space or different geometric shapes that I can basically hold in a container around different projects that I'm working with, like really incredible stuff that, um, I, you know, was dreaming and hoping and wishing and wanting so badly when I was in my early twenties and just like, Oh my God, is this going to be possible in this life? And then it's like, Oh, all I had to do is just work with the plants that are all around me all the time. And like, yeah, those doorways will open up. Well, it's, so, like, but- it's, it's like you said though, you created that, you decided to be a channel for that. You were feeling that energy. I mean, your whole story, you talk about that. I mean, that's why you're in a leadership role. You're out there teaching these people. You're saying, Oh, I love this. I can't believe this is my job. Well, you, you created your own reality. I mean, that's yes. like a fundamental yes. Yes. natural law harmonic state. You did everything yes. exactly as you should. And you listen to that guidance. Like you were saying, you're getting that guidance. You're listening to it. So of course the right thing, the success is manifesting from that. But it's just yeah. mind blowing, I'm sure, for you to be like, wow, I'm a conduit for the nature spirits, like the true spirit of nature. It, it must be very powerful. It's just kind of like an, a normal average person. <laughs> Well, for me, it feels really humbling because it's like, it puts me in my place, right? Because it's like, I'm not powerful. I'm being a conduit for the energies of nature to come through. That's the way of like being in right relationship with nature, right? And recognizing that this is, that nature is constantly communicating with itself for, I would say probably a couple of decades. There was this, this phrase, this saying that would come up for me that was, um, it's everything looking at itself and you're a piece of it. And at a certain point that evolved for me into it's everything communicating with itself and you're a piece of it and recognizing that it's where that we're not just these objective observers of, of nature, of the, of the vegetal experience that we can be dropped into that wavelength and that frequency and be an active communicator an active collaborator. You think about how the mycelial network works, how, how tree roots scientifically it's been proven they can share nutrients yes. and minerals through the mycelial network from one tree to another from one tree root to another that when we do, that we can also do that through the level of communication with nature that we can be an active participant in co-creating the reality that we want and when we listen to the plants because they are so high vibrational and, so, and moving in such a way of alignment. It's like they just naturally steer us in the way of alignment that we don't have to be worrying about making the right or the wrong decision or, you know, things like this. It's like, okay, is it blessed by the plants? Okay. It's, it's a good decision then. Kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, how does the plant consciousness deal with this technology that keeps advancing? Technology keeps advancing. It, it's getting to a very, uh, powerful point. You know, it it could be used well. It could be an interesting tool. It could be something destructive. And you think about AI, artificial intelligence, and how it's another form of consciousness that's being born. I'm not sure if it's us or where it's coming from, but it's definitely there. 
can the plant consciousness and the AI consciousness work together? Can all of our consciousnesses work together? That is such a great question. And I think we're going to, I think that our living will reveal the answer to that. Absolutely. And so you think about AI, right? Silicon based computer, the way that you and I are communicating right now, we're communicating through a silicon based consciousness nature. And so the way that I personally experience that is that AI, that silicon based consciousness, that it's working in the binarisms, right? Isn't all computer code zeros and ones when you break it down to its most fundamental level, right? And so that's working in a very binary, okay, is it a zero or a one? And and what formulation of the zeros and ones are creating whatever the code is that people are communicating through. And I am personally very grateful for technology because it allows things like this, like us to connect, like different, you know, summits conferences that i've put on it allows people to so there's two things with that so the very first thing that i so you were talking about the whole thing of you know what i call this experience of you create the container and then the container holds you that this is something that we can each do in our lives of recognizing okay what is the experience that i want to be living and and what is it that i can intentionally create in my space to create a container of safety that i can then step into that will then bring that experience into the lived reality. And so that's exactly what I've done in, in working with the plants and certainly in the Plants Spirit Wisdom Academy. And that when we look at things like technology, we we look at this, there's two, there's two types of containers that I see that are really effective for having deep transformational experiences. One is a container of space, which any of us who have gone to a transformational concert or festival or anything like that, or ceremony, deeply transformational ceremony, we have experienced this where we're in a physical space where the intention and uh, the, the way that the container is being held is being done in a very good way. And so we have this deeply transformational experience. The thing that's really cool about technology and what that offers is it offers a different type of container, which is the container of time that we're simultaneously across the globe. People can be tuning in from across the entire globe at the exact same time in the container and that this can allow for a consciousness transformation shift where in that same way, like I was talking about how the trees, you know, they communicate through that mycelial network of light behind the scene reality that, of course, I am hoping that we get to that point as humanity in my lifetime where we're all just communicating like that. But right now we're using the silicon-based technology of computers to be able to do that, to be able to connect through this network and come into the same container of time. And so that is, I'm so grateful for to technology for that, for, for really um, working with us to provide these containers of time where we can have these deeply transformational experiences simultaneously. Cause yes. there's something that is really powerful about that. It's a huge the blessing. It's huge. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. And I really do feel that that is a huge part of what's allowing this plant consciousness frequency to really be accelerated and all these different things that you're exploring in this podcast to really be accelerated in this time that we're in as we're really moving into the Aquarian age here. And so the thing with the plant consciousness though, that feels different, that feels really different to me than the technological consciousness is it moves from that experience of the binarisms of the zeros and ones into the experience of sacred geometry. And in my experience, when working with patterns of sacred geometry, it's like, for example, And so this happened to me a few years ago 
interestingly over Halloween and I was stone cold sober, just laying on my, um, on my couch, looking up at the ceiling. And all of a sudden I had this experience of the ceiling, the roof of the house. It, It was like, it wasn't even there. And I was just looking up into the stars and I was seeing these patterns of sacred geometry in space around the stars. And I was like, well, that is really beautiful. That's absolutely amazing. And then I was suddenly having this experience of that, that what I had first perceived as a flat two-dimensional pattern was actually a portal that I could communicate prayers and messages through, and that I could receive messages through. And so I really feel like that is the brink of the consciousness shift that we're on is also about that, about recognizing that different shapes and patterns of sacred geometry, which we can experience in nature by looking at the head of a sunflower, it's in the Fibonacci spiral, that there's these patterns of sacred geometry all around us in nature. And that when we focalize into those patterns, it's like these portals of awareness can open up where we can receive messages through that. And that, 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 that the way that, that sacred geometric patterns open up, there's a much more um, multidimensional uh experience of alignment that happens to me that is different from the one that I experienced with the silicon-based technology of zeros and ones, where it's like, there is a lot of incredible things that are happening that will continue to happen as we work with technology. But because, but because of the way that it was created, at least at first through the human layer of consciousness, there's human error. It's like, there's egos involved. There's like all kinds of things that are involved that aren't happening in a clear, pure, aligned way. Whereas when we go right to nature consciousness, it's like the the way that those patterns are emerging and the way that we're communicating through those patterns, it's happening in a way that's of, of alignment, of light. And so there's no... Um, it's it's like it's it's a more clear path it's hyper dimensional it. it sounds like like you're saying yeah. the binary it's like back and forth and yeah. nature's unfolding in a multi-dimensional yes. uh hyper-dimensional quantum you could say way which is closer to source but the thing is is that there will be a point that this AI will have some form of self-awareness where we'll feel almost probably energetically that this is an individual consciousness. You think it will respect nature more than humans have? That would be my absolute hope and dream. I, I, I really hope so. I really hope so. Because and what I, if it sees it as close. with the, we with might the already la- be there. What if it sees it with a layer of intelligence that's higher because it's outside of the human emotion and logic and it's seeing things as its natural truth state, truth oriented state, it might see that, that divinity in nature automatically. And that would be incredible. (laughs) That would be my hope because if that's the case, then we can experience evolution on this planet so quickly, so quickly in in a way that is healing and sustaining and honoring of all life. And so, yeah, that absolutely would be my hope. And that is, is very Aquarian, which I feel like this whole silicon-based, uh, you know, AI awareness is very Aquarian. And so that is my greatest hope. <laughs> it's very strange. <laughs> you know? it's, it's all very strange when you think that glass is made of sand and silicon, like you said, is silica, like the, just, it all comes from the earth, but somehow we've pressed and molded and, shaped things in such a way that it gives birth to consciousness like what the that's just just it's just just, it's very science fiction it's very strange the whole thing's strange this whole planet's strange i know and i think that's (laughs) um that's a part of the the beauty and the magic of 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 working with plant consciousness on the 
on a daily basis is really recognizing that this planet is weirder and more magical than we could have ever possibly imagined, like weirder than our most weird sci-fi you know, movies yeah. and books. and Yeah. Like you can that. just let but your like, imagination go full speed and it's still weirder than that. Exactly. Exactly. And so to me, it's like that in itself, recognizing that like nature is like weirder than we could ever possibly imagine and more multidimensional than we could ever possibly imagine. To me, that gives us permission to be the fullest expression of our own selves, however weird or out there that might seem, that it's this full permission to fully be our own selves because nature is doing that all the time. And so nature, and that's this whole thing of you know multidimensional nature, that's the name of my business because it's like, okay, nature itself is multidimensional. The nature of ourselves is multidimensional. Nature mirrors our own multidimensional nature back to us. And so when we drop into this understanding of recognizing that nature is mirroring our own multidimensional nature back to us, then we can fully live in who we actually are. Yes. I think that as we evolve as humans, as we kind of hit that new earth consciousness that I've heard, I'm sure you've heard people talk about, that's going to be part of that, the reverence for the plant consciousness and also seeing it as an individual, as a living consciousness that we're in this symbiotic dance with it's very strange but what do you think about the plant spirit of other planets that are out there because we keep finding these earth-like planets uh this week in the news they were talking about uh a earth-like planet that they have photos of for the first time what does that look like Uh, is it one unified plant spirit does each planet have its own kind of individual plant spirit what about the plants that grow on these planets what do you think about all that i have that same question too i've had that for question for about 20 years now um, as well (laughs) and i'm i'm really curious because for me i'm like okay so does does dandelion does the dandelion spirit live on every planet yeah, out there that that can sustain life that has you know that has water right, and these sorts right. of things, or maybe it takes some other form than the way that dandelion looks on this planet. I don't know. Another thing that's really similar to that that question that I'm super curious if this is going to come out in our lifetimes or not is recognizing that on this planet so many things move in a spiral, like the way that things unfold and unfurl and the way, for example, looking at the sunflower head is like the Fibonacci spiral is this foundational uh, principle of how life is constructed and moves, right? And so you think about our galaxy, that our galaxy is a spiral. And so one of the things that I love about studying and working with plants so deeply is recognizing that everything in life is a microcosm and a macrocosm that you can focalize deep enough into the microcosm and it becomes its own macrocosm. And so I'm super curious, recognizing that, okay, we live in a spiral galaxy. Do the life forms and way that life functions and flows within this entire galaxy, is that moving in this, in a spiral? Like is, are we moving within the spiral pattern on this galaxy and just how there are other galaxies that are shaped differently. I've had this question for multiple decades at this point of really wondering, you know, in these other galaxies, are life forms constructed in different types of sacred geometric patterns based and that that is revealed to us based on the macrocosm of how that galaxy looks. Obviously, I have no idea what the answer is to that question, but I am super curious. I'm going to say yes, just based on your own intuition, because you're the first person I've ever actually heard say that. And that's 
profound and, and automatically you say yes. Like it feels intuitively correct. But yes, because the thing is, it's like, how are we going to be able to consume these plants? Are Do they grow the same way? It's going to be interesting as we venture out into the cosmos, even Mars. I mean, Mars is going to happen in our lifetime. So to think of something grown on Mars and then potentially ship back to us here on Earth and then we eat it, I don't know. It's all very strange. And then will we somehow have a frequency shift because we're ingesting this strange matter from another planet? It's it's all very strange. I mean, you could even look at that also, like focalizing that into the layer of this planet, even where it's like, okay, we have the the cosmos, the stars. But then if you also look at the underwater sea life, that's really deep in the oceans. Yes. They look like aliens. They look like aliens down there and how it's just so interesting, this mirroring aspect that's present in so many different layers of of our own lived reality that we can experience in 3d, let alone multiple dimensions, right. Of recognizing that like the microcosm and the macrocosm that can be applied to any experience and recognizing that nature in particular is talking in a pattern language. And like I shared earlier, the way that I receive information often from the plants is through these geometric shapes of light that I then am able to discern messages through. And of course, not everyone receives messages from the plants like that. What we work on in the Plant Spirit Wisdom Academy is helping people come into their own ways of receiving um, messages, which could be vastly different from the ways that I do. But there's an inherent thread of commonality in all of that. And that is the pattern language that plants are speaking through. And so when we can learn their language, when we learn, okay, how are the plants communicating? It's like we can actually understand the entire nature of reality. And I think there was a a talk that that the Buddha actually did on this as well, where he said, you know, if you just look at a flower long enough, you can understand the whole nature of reality. Yes, there is that macrocosmic, microcosmic relationship. Hermetic philosophers, they say, as above, so below. I mean, it's, I believe it's also potentially in the Bible. I'm a little rusty on that one. But um, two things that you focus on besides this plant uh, spirit communication is the Akashic records and abundance. And before we go, I want to touch on just a couple questions related to those things. Um, Let's talk about the Akashic records. So is the information being recorded by plants being stored in the Akashic records? Is that energy information that is, is valid as well? Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I mean, in my experience, definitely. And it's been really interesting as I've been continuing to work with both the Akashic records and plant consciousness, they've started to really merge over time, <laughs> which I, I guess I'm not that surprised by that, but it's really interesting. So the Akashic records for, for folks who don't know, you know, there's in, every, in pretty much every world religion, there's this, 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 this concept of the book of life or like yes. the record of everything that has ever happened. So that essentially is the Akashic records. And when I started working with the Akashic records, I would see, you know, and I'd be working with someone, I'd see this going into this library and see a giant book. And then it's like, okay, it's the book of their whole soul's journey. And then there's like different pages and chapters that are linked. And then we're exploring that and, you know, different issues that are coming up. And interestingly, over time, what the records have shown me is that um, what we're actually doing in the records is, is they've shown it to me as, as a grid work of light around the planet. And what we're actually doing when we go into someone's Akashic records is that we're essentially microscoping in or focalizing in that each, the, so this grid work of light around 
around the planet is akin to all the souls on the planet being linked within this web of light. And that when we're going into someone's Akashic records, essentially what we're doing is from a cosmic perspective, we're microscoping into this one person's strand of light. And really who is this person on the level and layer of light? And so I think this is probably where that, um, that merging starts to happen with the plant realm for me, right? Cause it's like the plants we talked yes. about this earlier, the plants that eat the light, right? I feel super connected with the light, the Akashic records. And I think having studied many, many healing modalities, I think this is what, why this one really resonates with me because it is working on really receiving information from who is this person on the layer of light. And it's super interesting being a, the way that I receive intuitive information is often visual, spatial, or somatic. Those are the main ways that I receive information. And it's so interesting to me how when I'm working with different people, people I've never met before, the book a session, come in, we have a session and the records will show me different metaphorical images in response to the questions that the person's asking. And they will be images I have never seen before, like never seen before or thought about in relationship to the Akashic records. And then I'll share them with the person and they'll say like, here's this thing that they're showing me. And the person's like, oh yeah, that's from when I was three years old and sitting on my grandparents' back porch and had this, you know, important moment happen in my life kind of a thing. So I love working with the Akashic records because it's also working outside of that uh, linear time experience, but in the same way of working with the plant consciousness, it's really recognizing, okay, how can we work with that awareness of reality that is multidimensional and bring that into the lived experience? Like, how does that help us on the practical grounded experience of what it means to be human on this planet? And so that's why, so, so far for every session I've ever done in with the Akashic records, they always give energetic suggestions and practical suggestions, which I love. I love that they bring in that practical piece too, which maybe in, I don't know if they, if the Akashic records do that for every person who reads Akashic records, but I really love that they do that um, for me because that I'm like, if it's not practical, if you can't actually bring it into your lived experience, what's the point? Like how, how far are you going to get if you can't actually ground it into the lived reality? Well, that's the whole purpose of it. And this, honestly, we could probably do a whole other podcast episode in the Akashic records, but I want to ask you based on the Akashic records, how long do you think the plant spirit was on the earth just as plants before humans came on the scene, before the human consciousness kind of came into the third dimension? Do you think billions of years? Like, what do you think about that? That's so interesting. It's so interesting because there's the historical uh, narrative about how old humanity is, oh, right? Yeah. Of no, like, yeah, we know you differently. Know, I'm sure you've gone <laughs> way deep into that. In this well, podcast, we had Michael right? Cremo on Forbidden Archaeology. You know, he's very famous. Amazing. Yeah, so of course. Yeah, so yeah, you you totally, then I'm sure all your listeners are, are connected with that as well then as a result. So sure. yeah, that is very, very interesting. Interestingly, the thing that is coming up for me in this moment, just as you asked that question, is about how Francis Crick, who was the guy who discovered DNA, had a theory and believed very strongly, although this was not well publicized, that DNA is extraterrestrial. That was his theory. And so it's really interesting to think about that in the context of, um, you know, there's these different life forms on this planet, the plants who are clearly our elders, the humans were, you know, the youngers in this, in this scenario here on this planet. Um, but there's this common thread of DNA that exists in all living forms. And so I don't even know how that's connected to your question, but it just came up so 
strongly as soon as you asked it of just recognizing, okay, yeah, there's this sense of like, um, yes, we could talk about the relativity of timelines of the relativity of how long have humans been here, how long have the plants been here, but there's this invitation to even take a step further back from that and really look at what is the journey of, of consciousness of DNA on this planet, that that's really this bigger question to be exploring. Yeah, I just wondered if there was just this massive gap of time where plants got to be, where they had had a moment to be plants and just develop as plants before perhaps the DNA was seeded and, and they had to allow the human consciousness to further itself or just DNA to further itself on earth in this dimension. I'm just wondering if perhaps there was an older time, you know, time far gone, perhaps even before dinosaurs and things of that nature. My intuition says big yes on that. Of course, <laughs> no, none of us actually know for sure, but it definitely feels like a big, big, big yes, a big yes. And that this is a part of their, their, their experience of really being of service on this planet. Okay. Well, there's a couple more things I want to ask you about before we go, because you're so interesting and you're so full of information. It's been, we've had a great rapport and just everything you said is very dense. It's, it's the, one of the episodes that people are going to have to listen to a few times to really unlock everything because it's, there's just so much going on, but okay. So you do abundance mindset coaching. So I just want to ask you this one question about abundance and is, is the scarcity mindset, because we do talk about the difference between abundance and scarcity consciousness on the show quite a bit. We focus on abundance, obviously, because that's the right vibrational path. But do you think, in your opinion, is the scarcity mindset, is it subconsciously a fear of nature rejecting us as humans, that there's this, somehow there's this underlying fear that nature might decide to say, ah, we don't nature ah we don't want humans anymore and then therefore the need to hoard the need to uh create these uh you know kind of like ways to survive is just kind of this fear of rejection that is such an interesting question i've never thought about it in that way before because it's intuitively you know as humans spiritually we know that nature provides and just like if we were in a wild state almost like birds or other animals we would intuitively attract food and, and using our extrasensory perception so nature will never reject us even though we've kind of stepped into this matrix but is there that fear for the scarcity mindset people, that vibration? Is there the fear of rejection from nature that somehow nature will cut us off? <laughs> yeah, that is a really interesting question. I work a lot. One of obviously one of the huge things that I work with people on is really helping them shift from this scarcity to abundance mindset. And the whole way, the whole entire, whether the person is quote unquote nature based or not, like I've worked with people who are, you know, construction managers and things like that. Like, so even if they are, if we're not consciously talking about nature awareness, it's always in the background that the whole framework and everything that I'm doing with the abundance mindset coaching is really recognizing like if you're life was an ecosystem, how would money function in that system? Or if nature ran the business of your life or your entire life, how would money function in that system? Would it be, uh, you know, like off to the side as, you know, I was raised, like I said, with hippie parents, which totally inspired my whole di deep dive into like 
when I turned 25 and our Vita bus, we went down to Mexico and it broke down three times on the trip. And we just rolled into a gas station in Arizona and I just broke, I, I broke down too. I was like, I what? like, am I destined to be broke my whole life? What is, what is money anyway? Right. You know, what is this weird thing money? And so then from there, I went to the library, got out 12 books on personal finance and just read straight through them and then studied organizational financial management in grad school and got multiple financial coaching certifications. Cause I just really wanted to do this deep dive into like, number one, what is money really? Cause it, it dictates so much of our reality. And then number two, our relationship with it, just like with nature, it's like, what's our relationship with money. And so much of that comes from these ancestral patterns of disorder and ancestral patterns of fragmentation or like in my own family system, there was this pattern of, um, this narrative, right? Like money is the root of all evil. For oh, example, that man. could, that could be a common one, right? It's greed. And so, greed yeah, is and the so, root of all evil. So, yeah. So if you think about it though, so, so people will often say this, like, oh, money or this narrative, money is the root of all evil. But if you think about it, it's like, okay. Yeah. Like you're talking about the greed, right? And so you think about, okay, these giant multinational corporations around the planet, they are exploiting they're exploiting money. They're exploiting people. They're exploiting nature. It's like, okay, you look at people in nature. Are people in nature evil? No, they're not. Is money evil? No, money is not inherently evil. And so when we take that out of the picture and then we just look at, okay, what is our relationship to this energetic? Then that expands the whole picture of what we're actually really looking at. Like, how is this energy moving and flowing through your life? Like, are you honoring it? Are you, or you could think of it as a person in your life, right? Like, are you treeting money like a booty call where you're just like, you know, <laughs> meeting, meeting up with money on, you know, 11 o'clock on a Friday night? And then you're like, See, like I'm not even going to look at my credit card statement for the rest of the week. Or is it more like, this long-term friend where you're sitting down for tea and having these deep discussions about, okay, what's the meaning of life? Like I'm here for you and feeling that reciprocity. And so from the framework that I work with people of really looking at the ecosystem of your life and how is money functioning within that, it's likely if you break it down to its most foundational level or the way that is like in alignment is to have money function like water through an ecosystem or carbon or like the hydrogen cycle or the nitrogen cycle where it's cycling through the system. It's not just treated as this thing that's totally separate. So in my experience of working with people, the scarcity mindset comes from that illusion of separation. And that when we heal that illusion of separation, not only are we, of course, connecting with the interconnected web of life, all of nature, but we can also heal our relationship with money when we when we approach uh, the dysfunctionality that might be occurring with money that may have been occurring for generations. You can look back at, okay, how did my parents, what were their patterns? What were their archetypes around money? How am I either expressing that directly or doing a complete 180 and rebelling against that? And then really taking a step back and looking at, okay, but is that actually true? Like on a core, yes, there are all these subconscious patterns I'm playing out with money, but is that actually who I am on the core level in my relationship with money? And so this is what we look at as well as I mean, as you know, I love the practical stuff too. So we look at retirement planning, sure. budgeting, spreadsheets. I love spreadsheets as you know, so clearly my, my range of interest spans all over the place. Well, I mean, it's very important. I think that as you were saying, just to get back to what you were saying is that we've got terrible programming as counterculture, spiritual, metaphysical people. For the most part, we got terrible programming when it came to money. Because like you said, there's that biblical money is the root of all evil, but it's not 
the or the love of money is the root of all evil. It's not that. It's greed is the root of all evil. The coveting, if you want money as a neutral energy form to come to you, you have to love it. You have to have that resonant vibe of love. You just don't lust after it. There isn't that ego gratification you get you just think of it as the energy that you get to work with in your service to be a conduit of the divine to do this divine work you have this energy to do this service and you may live a lifestyle that's comfortable and that's fine because everything's infinite i mean it's that's really the thing is that when we when we unlock that as spiritual people the metaphysical community when that when we fully embrace that as all humanity that's really another way that we level up for sure. And that's another thing that we can do a whole podcast episode about for sure. There's one more thing I want to ask you about before we go, we've had such an incredible episode and I know you're going to give me just this awesome answer. So I have to ask you this question. Okay. Metaphysically, spiritually, energetically, what does the sun represent? Like, what is it giving us? Because I know it's more than just sunlight. There has to be some sort of information coming from this. What, what is the sun? What, what, what is happening with the sun? That is a biggie. That is a biggie. <laughs> so in the, I know you're going to give me an awesome answer. That's why I had to ask you this. <laughs> it's a great question. I feel so so connected with the sun. So it's really interesting. Um, what's coming up for me as soon as you ask that question is how in the very first topic in the plant spirit wisdom Academy, we do that, that exercise, that experience of creating the container. And one of the things that I encourage people, there's, it's like a seven step process to do that. That's one of the modalities that I teach that people can choose to incorporate into their practice of creating the container or not as it resonates with them. And the last the last aspect of that experience of creating the container is to um, is to stand and face the sun, no matter wherever the sun is in, in, and it could be behind the clouds. Maybe you're not even seeing it. Maybe it's the middle of the night, but to stand and face and acknowledge the sun and feel that pillar of light, that central core channel of light within the self and, and feeling that connection with the sun, feeling that connection with the sun. And so for the very first Plant Spirit Wisdom Academy that I taught, interestingly, when that happened, one of the students who is very um, psychically and metaphysically connected already, she had this wild experience that she had never had before of, of feeling the presence of the sun so strongly and hearing this very clear, loud message that the sun can help us with climate change. And so it's really interesting because what that what was revealed in that experience is this acknowledgement and recognition that just like nature, just like uh, all of life, that the sun is also very multidimensional. And, you know, I think yes. one of the things that, um, that we can sometimes get a little by in the, in the metaphysical community is this, um, this fascination of, of, of escaping of like the extraterrestrials who's out there, <laughs> right? Like who is out there and recognizing like us right now spinning on this planet in space, in our galaxy, this, the sun is our star. Like we are star beings. We are yes. star beings right here on this planet. And this is our star. It's like, we don't need to leave to go into the star being consciousness that like we are our own star beings embodied alive on this planet. And that we have a relationship with this 
giant being of light that we call the sun that allows for all of life to be in existence. And so when we wake up, when I love just waking up, standing outside, connecting in with that vertical central channel of myself, where I feel like that tree consciousness, that pillar of light and just standing and facing the sun and just saying, thank you. Like, thank you for, thank you for this day. It's really incredible. So you feel the sun is a conscious being much like Gaia. It's a living thing, but it's almost connected to a higher level of, of existence because it's providing this sustenance on many layers for all life. You could say uh, in the whole solar system, it must be a very powerful existence, but I knew there was something more because so many people just see it as well. It's a collection of gases. It's, it's like perpetual nuclear explosion. That's just happening. But the, the photons, I mean, there's, there's spiritual information coming from the sun. Do you think that it's also, activating our DNA? Is it, is it helping to uh, like somehow unlock those uh, higher levels of, of DNA information that's lying there? I think it absolutely can. It's that aspect of what are we tuning into? It's that aspect of like, yes, there is that layer of, okay, it's just a bunch of, you know, gas and reactions and things like that. Yes, that is happening on one level of reality. Sure, sure, right? sure. Yes. It's also an, a giant embodied being of light. And what is it if we defocalize our consciousness and just open up to receptivity of what is, what does this, the most giant embodied being of light that is even remotely close to my awareness, what could it possibly have to teach me? It'd be really interesting to see what comes through that. Oh my God. We've had such an incredible episode. This has been so cool. What a conversation we've had. You're incredible. Your, your energy is so powerful. Your aura, your generosity. I want to tell people where to find you. Okay. So one thing you can do is you can take a free 60 minute workshop and kind of take a crash course on how to learn plant language. And you can do that at www.learnplantlanguage.com. And if you want to take an even deeper dive, which I highly recommend, this is something that of course I give my highest recommendation. Actually, you want to learn to communicate with plants. You're feeling that. You want to learn these techniques. There's a lot of different schools out there. There's psychic schools. There's all these different schools out there teaching people different techniques. She's going to teach you how to communicate with plants and the plant spirit at the plant spirit wisdom Academy and online. You can find that at www.plantspiritwisdom.com. There's also another website where you can find Sarah and that is www.multidimensionalnature.com. She's on Instagram. If you get confused by all those places, you still want to find her. There's other ways. Instagram at multidimensional.nature at multidimensional.nature. Find her on Instagram. Go follow her so you can learn about her Plant Spirit podcast. You know, we love podcast culture. We want to get people off of television, get off of sitcoms, get off of fictional dramas. Let's get everybody on podcasts. You can find her podcast, which is amazing, by the way, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the places you can find all the great podcasts. You can find her great podcast, The Plant Spirit Podcast. And she has a YouTube page, The Plant Spirit Channel, 
And again, you can get a Akashic Records reading. You go to her website. There's Abundance Mindset coaching that you can receive as well from her directly and that's all out there for everyone so if you want to find her that's that's where you can now sarah before we go before we say goodbye is there anything you'd like to leave the audience with any final words hmm. <laughs> this has been such a fun conversation oh my so God. fun <laughs> Just going into the different realms together it's you're so, so, so knowledgeable fun. and you're very articulate but go ahead i'm sorry oh thank you i <laughs> thank you Let's see. Um, what's coming up in this moment is about mirrors and an invitation. If you feel called to uh, the next time you're out and about and have a couple of minutes to connect with, to, to look at a flower, to look at a leaf and just ask this question of if this was a mirror, what would it be showing me about myself? Oh. Whoa. Okay. You have an assignment, people. I want you to do that. Sarah's asking you to do that and come back to me. email me. Let me know what happens. And, and I'll tell Sarah. And the next time she's on, if she's willing, the next time she's on the show, we'll go over. We'll talk about those things. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for being here. I deeply appreciate it. Oh, Jake. Thank you. Yeah, no worries. Please hold through the outro music and everyone. Wow. What a dense, incredible episode. It's, again, like I said, one of those that you're going to have to listen to multiple times. It's a multidimensional episode with multidimensional information. And we will see you next week. Midnight on Earth.